Welcome to the Keto Lifestyle Podcast hosted by nutritional coach Jessica Tai, where we are dedicated to promoting health and overall well-being through nutrition, specifically the ketogenic diet. We will provide you with all the latest science in nutrition, interviews with experts in the health and wellness field, and answer all your burning questions so you can find optimal health. This podcast is not intended to be used as medical advice and is to be used for informational purposes only. Please contact your doctor with any and all medical questions. Now here's Jessica. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 10th episode here of Keto Lifestyle Podcast. This is your host, Jessica. Excited to be here today with you guys. Once again, I'm doing this episode solo. Um, Derek is not available to be here today, but he is on a much more important um, task going on right now than this podcast. Um, He is actually on his way to Texas right now to serve alongside um, many Keller Williams agents who are going out there to provide some relief and assistance for the um, victims of the hurricane there in Texas. So uh, they have had... um, as of right now, it says they've had more than 2,000 Keller Williams agents who volunteered in Houston and across Texas just this past week. And they've helped um, lots of families clean up their homes, a lot of um, Keller Williams families specifically. And uh, they're really um, working hard down there. And my husband um, and I, we actually are uh, Keller Well, I was an agent years ago. I'm no longer an agent. Um, but we are part of a Keller Williams office. My husband is um, is an owner in a Keller Williams office here in Cincinnati. And um, they've got a, a, a bunch of agents from all over the area here are flying out and going to be doing some relief effort instead of doing some of the other uh, scheduled business things that were going to be going on and, and seminars and whatnot. So they're going to take that time and work on helping some of these families in Texas. So it's pretty awesome. I'm excited for my husband to be able to go down there and help serve in this community and, and help serve people there. Um, if you have inf- if you have any interest in donating or you've not really known how to donate or what to do, um, you can actually go to www.kwrelief.org. Again, that's kwrelief.org. And there is a donate button there and you can donate. They need, um, of course, they need money to help provide things. Um, they're going to provide hot meals to people there, clothing, um, clean water, building supplies as they try to rebuild the area. So they're working alongside FEMA and the American Red Cross and DisasterAssistance.gov. So um, you can go there and learn more about how to donate. But I just wanted to give a little shout out to him because while I'm definitely going to miss him while he's gone this week, I think it's an amazing thing that he's doing, and I 100% support him and all the other awesome agents from our area here that are going to go down and and help out there in Texas. So um, let's get going on this podcast so I don't... um, spend too much time just talking and chatting because I've noticed when I do that, I tend to say, um, a lot. And that makes me crazy when I listen back to these podcasts. And it probably makes you crazy too to have to listen to it. So 
I would like to um, talk a little bit about uh, supplements today. I get a lot of questions about supplements, um, clients constantly asking what supplements to use. I, not even Sometimes it's not even clients, it's just, it could be friends or family members or just someone sends me a, an email and says, what supplements should I use? Or on social media, they've got this problem or that problem, and should I use this supplement or that supplement? So while I'm not going to address any specific issues today and specific things that you need to use this supplement or that supplement for, I, you know, reserve that for actual clients that I would be working with and I would know a lot more about their history, their health history and their nutrition and things like that. And we could work on supplementation that would be best for them. So while I um, don't want to tell everybody exactly what supplements you need to be using since I'm, you know, if I'm not specifically working with you, I do want to tell you some of my favorite supplements and supplements that I do see that, that I end up using a lot with a lot of clients and they seem to be the ones that uh, come up time and time again as being deficient in or somebody needing um, some type of supplement supplementation. So the first one I'm going to start with, well, in a lot, you know, I just want to talk about too, that this is, you know, definitely uh, goes along with keto. So you might be listening and be like, okay, so again, we're talking about supplements and, you know, last week, I think I talked about personal care products and um, things like that. So you might be saying, okay, again, what does this have to do with keto? Well, I think they have a lot to do with keto. Um, some of these supplements specifically, I believe become even more important if you are uh, living, you know, a, a keto lifestyle and you are trying to be in ketosis and stay fat adapted. It does change our supplement needs. And, um, you know, definitely this is a lifestyle. So we can't just say, okay, well, I'm going to eat a ketogenic diet and all of a sudden I'm not going to need any other supplementation and everything's going to be great. And I can just move on now because I'm on the perfect diet. I don't think that's true. And I definitely think that depending on the individual, you may need certain supplementation uh, that maybe somebody else doesn't, or specifically because you're doing the ketogenic diet, you may need a certain supplementation or whatnot. So Anyway, let's keep that in mind. And there are uh, some main ones that I do recommend often to people. Uh, the first one I'm going to start with is vitamin D. So remember that vitamin D is a fat-soluble vitamin. So if you're not eating adequate levels of healthy fats, and you won't readily absorb vitamin D. So that definitely goes along with, you know, if you're, if you're ketogenic, then that's good news to you because you are eating, uh, hopefully, lots of healthy, good fats. And so vitamin D is easily um, absorbed for you because you, it is a fat soluble vitamin. So you need vitamin D to help, um, absorb calcium as well. So we talked about this in a previous episode. I think maybe it was during the skin health episode and I might even talked about during another one. So probably maybe episode seven or eight, we talked about, uh, how you have to have vitamin D just to absorb properly the calcium that you need. So it's critical to your bone health, skin, teeth health, um, it's also super important for immune function and mood. So we kind of know, I think pretty much everybody's heard about um, the 
a seasonal, I can't remember exactly what that's called now, but the seasonal disorder basically where if you live in an area that has winter months and you don't have the exposure to the sun that you can get this seasonal disorder where you, it's, um, kind of a depression and that is uh, largely in part to a lack of vitamin D and you actually need that for, for your mood and, and to fight depression. Uh, so more people are deficient in vitamin D now. Um, there's lots of people that are, especially, like I said, if you are in those areas that have winter months where you just are not able to go outside and ex get exposed to the sun, you really need exposure to the sun about 30 minutes a day. And <clears throat> that's 30 minutes a day without sunscreen all over you. So and going out for a walk or um, you know, sitting and sitting on a park bench or something and reading a book, something like that. You need to be able to, you know, actually absorb those rays. So, um, so you know, basically in recent studies that we've actually sh have actually suggested that levels of vitamin D, that adequate levels of vitamin D can even be protective, protective against certain things like cancer and MS. So um, skin cell growth, as we talked about, in my episode a couple episodes ago on skin on skin health that you know we have to have good levels of vitamin d just for skin cell growth and vitamin d also helps to destroy free radicals that can cause premature aging so that's super important for our skin and it even reduces our chances of getting the flu as it is an immune booster so there are some good food sources of vitamin d like salmon and sardines and egg yolks um and those are all good, but in addition to um, to those, most people are not going to eat enough of those types of foods that you get an adequate amount of vitamin D if you're not also getting out in the sun. So a minimum of about 4,000 IUs per day through the winter months is actually a good amount. And you can back down off of that a little bit during the summer months if you, you know, like I live in Cincinnati, so you know, we're, we've got pretty good sun, like maybe probably April through September, maybe, but like October through March, it can be pretty dreary and dark. And, you know, we don't get a lot of sun and the days are shortened and it gets cold and the people don't want to be outside. And you, there's a lot of days you really can't expose your skin to the sun. So it's very important to supplement through the winter months. So, um, in, you know, in addition to all of the great things that we know vitamin D does that we just kind of talked about, vitamin D also counteracts high blood sugar and it, it, that improves cholesterol and it helps to lower triglycerides. So, you know, when we're talking about a lot of us go keto for some of those benefits. So vitamin D is a very important, um, nutrient to have to help counteract those very same things that we are probably trying to do anyway on, you know, eating the way that we are, this way of eating and this lifestyle. So the next one I want to talk about is vitamin C. So vitamin C is immune boosting. It's great for skin health. It's vital for heart health and blood circulation. Um, I think most people understand um, all those things about vitamin C. You know, our, our um, physiology is largely based on movement of, a, of electrons from one compound to another. So 
if we have unstable molecules, then that they're missing an electron. These are what we call the free radicals, and they're very dangerous to our body. And these free radicals are formed in a cycle called oxidative stress. So if you've heard of oxidative stress and you've heard of free radicals, you're like, okay, how does all this tie in? Well, oxidative stress is what causes instabilities in cells and tissues and organs, you know, in our body. So vitamin C is so amazing and it actually donates an electron to neutralize free radicals. So this is why we call it an antioxidant. So vitamin C is an antioxidant. It also helps us to produce collagen, which is imperative to build bones and ligaments and tendon and skin. You know, we think of collagen and we think of skin health and young skin and skin that bounces back and isn't saggy, but it's got some elasticity to it. So, uh, and even taking high dose vitamin C, like let's say about 10,000 milligrams or more a day, uh, can help heal like severe burns and cuts and wounds and broken bones and even speels, you know, can speed up healing from respiratory infections. So like colds and flus. And for me, if I'm getting ready to take a flight anywhere, I will start doing a high dose vitamin C regimen a day or two before I leave. And then I do it throughout my trip and until I get back to help boost immunity. So um, high-dose vitamin C has also been long known to combat ex uh, oxidative cell damage associated with many cancers. So, you know, it's not a surprise to um, even the American Cancer Society recognizes high-dose vitamin C as a another um, method of, of combating cancer. Um, most vitamin C that you can get in the store is water soluble. And so that doesn't interact very well with a cell membrane wall that's made up of fatty acids. So, you know, water and fat just doesn't mix. So getting the right vitamin C that you're going to take at the right supplement is super important. Um, you, you need one that is fat soluble. Super important to do that is most oral vitamin C supplements that we take, they're absorbed into the bloodstream about 20%. And then the other 80% ends up accumulating in our colons. So, cause it just can't get to where it's supposed to go. So um, important to go with a liposomal vitamin C. So liposomal means that it's a fat soluble one. So liposomes are tiny, like these little nano sized fat soluble vehicles for carrying nutrients into our cells that are in our body. So this is like packaging packaging this vitamin C into its own little tiny cell. So the own its own little, you know, tiny like liposomal vitamin C cell. <laughs> but these will pass through our digestive digestive tracts and then directly into our bloodstream. So this is <clears throat> excuse me, it's the best way to be able to absorb the vitamin C. And that way we're going to absorb closer to like 90% of the supplement versus just the 20%, you know, the 20%. So it's like a lot of times you'll hear that um, buying vitamins or taking supplements just gives you expensive pee. And that's exactly where that comes from. It's, you know, there are just so many um, supplements and vitamins that we can take that are just not absorbable by, you know, our bodies just don't absorb them well. And a lot of the problems is when you have like a fat soluble vitamin, but it's not, um, you know, we're not packaging it with fat or and things like that. And then our bodies just can't absorb them. So um, definitely important to do that. So want to take the liposomal vitamin, 
vitamin C, and there are different carriers also that help hold those liposomes together, So, um, which can get kind of complicated to worry about all this, but just keep in mind that you want to get one that's a non-GMO sunflower lecithin that is holding that together, not a soy-based one. So stay away from soy at all costs. Do not mess with soy. Um, so you want to take one of those, a really good one that I would recommend is the Dr. McCullough's brand. So he's got one, it's a thousand milligram liposomal. It's excellent. It's a great one to take. And I don't have that website off the top of my head where you can get that. And you actually, I believe you can buy his on several different websites and vitamin websites and whatnot. Um, but I will link to that in the show notes for you guys uh, to any of these supplements that I tell you about. So you can just go right into the show notes and you can link through and get whatever it is that you, you know, are interested in and supplementing with if you need any of these supplements. So, um, so anyway, I, I would suggest a dose typically to clients of about a thousand milligrams, two times daily, um, just as like a, um, you just kind of an everyday uh, take it type thing. You're not dealing with anything serious. But if you're trying to treat some health concerns of any kind, like if you've got some skin issues you're trying to deal with or some immune things or a cold or anything like that that you're trying to deal with, I would probably go more to like four to eight grams a day, which is going to be about 2,000 milligrams two to four times daily. So that's pretty much what I typically recommend. So just know that vitamin C also increases the absorption of iron. So if you have an iron overload already, if you're dealing with some, if you know that you have an iron overload, and typically women um, are, you know, women that are, you know, premenopausal, if you are a menstruating woman, you typically don't have a problem with high levels of iron. Most women actually is extremely common that we have low levels of iron um, due in large part because we do menstruate and you lose a lot of your iron that way. So, but um, I will talk about at the end of this podcast, I'm going to talk a little bit about blood donation and how that affects iron and, and how that can be good for your health. So that is specifically... Um, applies to men because men don't really have any other way that they ever kind of lose blood and therefore could reduce their iron levels and then let them build back up. That's actually a very good process. So we'll talk about that a little later on. Okay, so let's move on to the next one. Um, another one that I find myself recommending a lot is fish oil. So fish oil is great for joint health, heart health. It's definitely has a critical role in skin and joint cell mem membrane structure, nervous system, brain development. There's lots of amazing, it does lots of amazing things. Um, I don't know if you guys remember my, one of my children was um, younger, one of my babies. And I don't remember which one this was because this happened with a couple of them, but I had to stop breastfeeding and I had to find a formula. And I remember when I was looking at formulas, they were just coming out with putting the, um, the DHA, the EPA and the DHA into the infant formula. And it was like this big deal that they were starting to supplement with, with these, um, omega-3 fatty acids. So anyway, um, so that is what uh, fish oil is. You, it's omega-3 uh, omega fatty acids, and you want the EPA and the DHA blend daily. So um, researchers are recently showing that 
one, that this, one of the most significant predictors of heart health is what's called the omega-3 index. So if you have a low omega-3 score, then that is going to result in the least amount of protection against a cardiac event. So, and this has actually even been proven to be a stronger indicator than others that you automatically think about when you think about, oh, they're, they're at, you know, a heart attack risk, or they, you know, they could have some kind of cardiac event. Um, when you think of like, high cholesterol, bad cholesterol, or C-reactive protein, or homocysteine, or, you know, levels of those, that is actually not even as high a, a predictor as the omega-3 index. So I think that's really fascinating. So the issue is, is that a lot of fish oils that you can buy on the store shelves, they're just rancid and probably will cause you more harm than good to take them. So you cannot just walk into a grocery store and buy fish oil. Don't do that. Don't buy any of the stuff that you can get on the, on the grocery store shelves. Um, I really think that you probably would not find any of them to be beneficial. So if you've ever taken fish oil or cod liver oil or any of those and you get like that fishy burp after you take it, that's because it's rancid and that's just not, it's not good at all. I mean, you're completely throwing your money away. And like I said, it's probably doing more harm than good at that point. So um, you can also get adequate levels of omega-3 just through your diet by eating, like if you ate like three ounces of um, like a three ounce serving of Alaskan salmon, or maybe a three ounce serving, uh, about three ounces of sardines or something like that. But you would need to eat that like pretty much every day in order to supplement the amount of EPA and DHA that you really need. So, um, if you're going to supplement my go-to brand is Nordic Naturals. Um, they have two that I really like. One is their Arctic cod liver soft gels. So those are 750 milligrams. You take three daily with meals. And then there is their ultimate omega. And those are 2,000 milligrams per serving. And you take that twice daily with meals. So either one of those are great supplements for getting your omega-3s in. Um, another supplement that I often end up recommending to clients is probiotics. So this might be one of the most, the one that I recommend the most actually. Well, between this and I'm actually not even going to talk about, um, betaine HCL today, but that is a, another one that I feel like most, it, it seems like most clients need that because like everybody is low on stomach acid and, um, most people go around thinking that they have too much stomach acid and that they need to be on a PPI, you know, an acid blocker. And, and we are just going in the complete wrong direction with that. So I'm not going to get into that in this episode, but with the exception of the betaine HCL, I would say probiotics is the next most common thing that I end up recommending to clients. Now, um, realistically though, they kind of stem from the same issues. It's digestive issues. It's, we don't have the right, um, you know, I mean, our health starts in our gut. So if you're not producing enough stomach acid and therefore you're not, um, breaking down the food properly and are not able to absorb the nutrients, right. And, and foods sitting in your stomach and fermenting and you're getting a digestion and you've got all these issues. And then, you know, things just are not working properly in your digestive tract period. Or if you're eating a lot of the American diet is just carbs, 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 and sugar, sugar, sugar. And then we're throwing off the balance in our guts. And, um, 
it's just a mess. You know, we just end up with a mess with our digestion. So um, probiotics, what are probiotics? Well, they are microorganisms, so bacteria, basically, that are naturally occurring in our guts. And we benefit from these little guys. Like we need them and we have millions, billions of them and we need them. They are, um, they're extremely, extremely important to our livelihood and our health. So if you're taking antibiotics, you really need to be taking probiotics to repopulate your good bacteria. So if you have taken Anytime you take an antibiotic, you should be taking probiotics every single time. Um, an antibiotic is exactly what it sounds like. So you're wiping out those bacteria, but then in addition to wiping out the bad bacteria, you're also wiping out the good bacteria. So if you don't get that balance back, then you could become unbalanced and have more bad bacteria than good bacteria. And then that's going to lead to more illnesses and more sickness and more immune issues. So I always recommend that after you do a round of antibiotics that you, you do a pretty heavy round of probiotics. But for most people, I recommend that you just stay on probiotics all of the time. Um, cause most of us just don't, we just don't have a good balance in our guts. And because of the, the issues in our food supply, we're just not keeping a good balance. So it's really easy for that to get out of, out of whack. So things like high carb diets, just fluorinated tap water, like the fluoride. I talked about this, at least I said a little bit about it in the last episode. Um, we don't need fluoride. We do not need it for any reason. And it is in our tap water. So, um, and chlorine in the tap water, um, that, that knocks out the good bacteria in our guts. So, and that's a problem. Like we need those bacteria. So, you know, we're so obsessed with everything being like so clean and sanitary, but we don't realize that we need a lot of these bacteria and we're, we're really, you know, knocking out this, this balance, this delicate balance that we have. Um, high levels of stress that leads to, um, the good bacteria in our guts being killed off as well. And we, I think we're all under a lot of, uh, stress these days. So our, our bodies just can't replace that good bacteria quickly enough and with what we're eating. So the bad bacteria takes over very quickly. Like think about like candida. I think most people have heard of candida and that's a perfect example of your gut flora being knocked off balance and you, and, and, and a bad bacteria being able to take over. And really candida isn't bad per se, but it's bad when it starts to overgrow. And when we're, when we're taking like antibiotics is a perfect example of where we take antibiotics and then we eat a kind of our typical diet, candida flourishes on sugar. So if we're eating sugar, like most of us are in carbs, and then we're taking antibiotics, we're knocking out all those good guys and we are just you know, throwing fuel on the fire for candida and it just takes over and that causes all kinds of issues. So, um, probiotics will support our digestion, our immune system. They assist us in nutrient absorption. It gets a really complicated, complex system, but it's suffice it to say that we really need these little guys. So we really need to take care of them. So picking the correct probiotic is also super important because picking the wrong one means that you, that it won't even survive long enough to reach your digestive tract and even repopulate 
the gut flora anyway. So you're just going to be taking these probiotics and your stomach acid is going to destroy them. Even if you don't have adequate levels of stomach acid, they probably still won't make it for, through the very little that you do have. And, and then you're just, it's a waste. So keep in mind, there are different strands of probiotics. There's, you know, there's different strains of these guys. So, um, and they all do different things for us. So I think it's super important that we supplement with a variety so that we can have a good balance in our guts and they can serve us the best. So five or more strains is ideal, but if you can get even more than that, I think that's great. So, you know, first look for a, prio a probiotic that is several strains, um, or you can take a couple of different probiotics with different strains if you would like to do it that way. Soil-based organisms are great. And you also need to make sure that they're shelf stable. So again, you don't want to just walk into a grocery store and buy the probiotics that are sitting on the shelf. Um, oftentimes they're, like I said, your stomach acid will destroy them. They're not coated um, properly so that they don't get destroyed in your stomach before they even reach your gut. And then um, oftentimes they're just not shelf stable. So these probiotics, probiotics, they have, these are living organisms. And if they're not shelf stable, then that means that they're dead before you even ingest them. So they're not going to do you any good. Um, and you need a really high CFU count. So you need to have at least 25 billion or more per serving. And really, if you can look for something that's 50 billion or more per serving, that would be the best. So following brands that I like, I like Dr. Dr. Axe has SBO probiotics. Those are great. Um, I also use the Thorn Flora Mend Prime probiotics. Um, Garden of Life, Primal Defense, those are good. Um, Prescript Assist has a broad spectrum probiotic and prebiotic blend, and those are really good too. So those are all great um, options. And again, I will link to all those in the show notes. So another one that is a super um, kind of a, a very... Uh, much talked about topic in the keto world is magnesium, um, really electrolytes in general, because when you go keto, you lose a lot of electrolytes because um, glucose molecule molecules are encased in water. So that gives us the like bloat look when we eat, at least for me, it does. <laughs> when I eat a lot of glucose, a lot of sugar carbs, I, um, tend to look bloated. And that is because it's just a fact that those molecules are encased in water. So, um, when we, when we deplete those stores, those glucose stores, and we're, we, you know, we switch over and we become fat burners for running on ketones versus sugar burners, um, needing that, those glucose stores, you lose a lot of water. Um, you shed a lot of water when you, when you make that switch over. So, um, you definitely need to replace those electrolytes. And, um, and one of the most important ones is magnesium. They're definitely all important, but if you have ever laid in bed at night, especially when you first went keto, maybe, or maybe you're going through that now, you're just starting to dabble in this, or maybe you've not yet. And you're just getting information about the ketogenic diet and you're trying to figure out if this is what you want to do. Let me warn you now, <laughs> one of the things you will more than likely um, face is electrolyte depletion because with water loss means you're losing electrolytes. So you're going to need to supplement those <clears throat> or at least, um, make sure that you're taking in the proper foods to 
to replenish those. So, you know, somebody be like, oh, how am I supposed to get my potassium? Because I'm not going to eat bananas on a ketogenic diet. Well, avocados have like three times as much potassium as a banana does anyway. So have your potassium in your avocado and you've got all you need. <laughs> and then, um, you know, we need salt. So you're going to need to, um, you just make sure that you're using like a good mineral salt, like a Himalayan, pink Himalayan sea salt or something like that. That'll, that'll be good. Um, so magnesium is one that we're often, um, fraught with like the leg cramps at night and those types of things. We're like, oh my gosh, this is terrible. I mean, I went through, um, even knowing that these things were going to happen, I was not supplementing with enough magnesium. And I can't tell you how many nights I spent just in severe pain, um, from the cramps in my legs due to my lack of magnesium. So I upped my magnesium intake significantly, made sure I was um, drinking plenty of water throughout the day and supplementing, making sure I was getting plenty of uh, my other electrolytes and got through that brilliantly. But so let me um, save you that pain if you've not gone through it yet. Magnesium is excellent. You need that. So um, I, and even if you're not ketogenic, I think most Americans suffer from magnesium deficiency anyway. I just think going keto definitely magnifies that for you. So magnesium is a calming mineral. So remember, I don't know if you've, if you've been listening, at least in a couple of episodes, I have suggested taking a bath in Epsom salts and lavender before bed using a, an essential oil, lavender oil. And that isn't just because of the relaxation of the hot water or the essential oils. It's because your body needs the magnesium that it will absorb from the Epsom salt. And doing that before bed helps to relax us for sleep because that's what magnesium does. It is a calming, it's known as the calming mineral for our bodies. So it's also an essential nutrient for blood sugar control, for protein synthesis, for energy metabolism, and it is responsible for more than 30 other biochemical reactions, or I'm sorry, 300 other biochemical reactions in our bodies. So hundreds of biochemical reactions, magnesium has to be present for. So it's a super important nutrient. Um, many other things, um, other than just dumping water when we're keto can cause us to be deficient, including too much exercise. So we can become deficient in that by uh, too much exercise, um, you know, sweating it out, uh, stress and lack of sleep. So those two kind of go hand in hand since lack of sleep can cause stress and stress can cause lack of sleep. Uh, so, you know, kind of a theme I think week after week on this podcast you'll hear is how stress and sleep, how important they are to your overall health and to your lifestyle. Um, you can do, you can just really dial in on nutrition and get everything just so. But if you don't have your sleep and stress dialed in, it's really all going to be for naught because nutrition alone can't fix it all. It is 100% a lifestyle. Like you have to make it a lifestyle. It can't just be, well, if I just eat these certain foods, I'm going to be fine and I can just do whatever I want the rest of the time. It's really important to concentrate on your overall lifestyle. So you can get magnesium through dark leafy greens, shellfish, avocados are excellent source of magnesium as well. Um, but uh, you're not probably not going to get as much as you need from those sources. So, 
Um, I take a magnesium glycinate and I do it in a chelated form. So the one that I get is from the uh, Rear Dan Clinic and it's the chelated magnesium plus. Again, I'll link to this in the show notes. Um, it's a 235 milligram dose and I take two to three of those every night before I go to bed. And let me tell you, I sleep like a baby and no leg cramps and I feel amazing. So I love that brand. Um, Thorn also, um, uh, Thorn Research, they also have a couple of different magnesiums <clears throat> that you can get a bunch of, there's a magnesium citrate and a magnesium glycinate and my, there's all these different um, ones. I, I, like I said, I really like the Riordan Clinics, um, the uh, chelated magnesium plus and the magnesium glycinate is the form that our bodies absorb most readily. So that's why I take that one. But there are other options out there. And again, I'll link to that in the show notes. Okay, another super important, um, let's see, I've got this one. And yeah, it looks like I've got two more I want to talk about. So I'll start with this one, um, glutathione. So glutathione is near and dear to my heart because I um, supplement with glutathione and um, I have some had, I'm working on those and I'm anxious to see how they're doing now, but I had some, um, some methylation issues. And one of the things that glutathione um, helps assist is methylation. So it would um, make sense that my glutathione production was very low, and that's why my methylation wasn't going so so swimmingly. Um, but glutathione is found in every cell of your body. I've talked a little bit about this in past episodes, but um, it's an, an, an another antioxidant. So um, chemically, it's a molecule that's made up of three amino acids, um, cysteine, glutamine, and glycine. So it's the most important antioxidant we have in our bodies. It's like the, um, the number one. It's like the mother of them. So um, we, we have to have glutathione. It is responsible for so many things. And many of us are deficient in its production um, for many, many reasons. We have um, very sluggish liver function and just from the onslaught of, of chemicals and bad seed oils that we that everything's cooked in and processed foods that we take in and all of these things. But um, with the proper level of glutathione, we will have great energy levels, strong immune systems, good detoxification, because it is key to detoxification in our bodies. We will have lowered inflammation. Um, we'll slow down the aging process. It's like an anti-aging um, antioxidant and like I said, key in detoxification. So it's a really, really key, important antioxidant for our bodies. And in addition to the foods that we eat that deplete our glutathione, we can also, it's also affected by taking medications like Tylenol will deplete our glutathione. Um, if we work near or around paint removers or fuels, working with or near pesticides and herbicides, smoking cigarettes, um, chlorine treated water, uh, which if you're, if you drink from a tap, you're going to have chlorine and fluor fluoride in your water. Um, UV radiation depletes it, x-rays and so on. So, um, strenuous exercise and stress are also major contributors to lowering our glutathione production. And, um, and both create many free radicals in the body. So 
kind of seeing a theme here with a lot of these things is how do we deplete these? A lot of times it's stress and um, strenuous or over-exercising, not enough sleep. You know, those things are, it's very serious. It's why it cannot just always be about nutrition. We also have to look at some of these other influencing factors in our lives. So you can boost your levels of glutathione with lots of leafy green vegetables, raw milk, raw eggs. Um, let's see. Uh, also sulfur rich foods like garlic and onions, um, avocados and walnuts are also good at helping to boost your glutathione production. So you're not going to eat, none of these things have glutathione in them, but they will have um, some of these um, some of these amino acids that you need to help, or some of these nutrients even that you need to build the amino acids that can help you produce the glutathione. So, um, taking a glutathione, a glutathione supplement is tricky because our bodies digest proteins, which amino acids is what makes up this antioxidant of glutathione. So, um, if we just take the supplement, our body's just going to digest those amino acids and it's not going to do us any good. So that's kind of a waste. Um, but you can take other supplements that will help your body to produce glutathione. So one of them is the, um, N-acetylcysteine, which I take that. You can take alpha lipo lipoic acid. I take that at ALA, um, folate vitamins, B6 and B12, and those help support methylation, selenium, vitamin C and E, milk thistle, which I talked about that in one of the last episodes. I talked about milk thistle and how I love to supplement with that. So you can take some of these other supplements that will help your body to produce the glutathione. It kind of gives it the building blocks that it needs to be able to do it. Or you can take, which I talked about this a little bit, I think in one of my last episodes as well, is you can use a cream, a transdermal cream, which I do that daily. I do that. I rub it literally on my skin over my liver. And um, I just do that every night before I go to bed. And that's another really good way to do it because you're just, that is just going to absorb into your skin and into your bloodstream. And that will help your body be able to produce the glutathione. So, and again, I will link to that one in the show notes. I don't have that in front of me and I can't remember the name of the company off the top of my head. Um, but that one was recommended to me by my functional medicine practitioner. And so I would like to believe that that is a really good one to be taking. And I know there's other ones on the market, but I don't have experience with those. So this is the one that I recommend. So I'll link to that in the show notes as well. So, um, the last one that I want to talk about is zinc. So zinc is super good for our immune systems, helps with hormone production, facilitates digestion, and it also acts as an anti-inflammatory agent. I think zinc is very overlooked actually. And I think that most, um, really a lot of people, like probably most people are deficient in, in zinc. Um, studies have shown that it can actually have therapeutic, therapeutic benefits for many chronic diseases like cancer and heart disease. So, you know, this is a really powerful, um, 
you know, really powerful little micronutrient and it's essential. It is one of the 24 essential micronutrients that our bodies need to survive. Um, it is present in all of our body tissues and we need it for healthy cell division. It helps us to fight free radical damage and slows the aging process. Another key theme with these supplements that I'm talking about um, and even having a small zinc deficiency can have a huge impact on our hormonal balance. So I often recommend zinc supplementation for clients who are having hormonal balance issues. And it can also, even the smallest deficiencies can even be linked to infertility. So zinc is really important for women that are trying to start a family or, you know, want to start a family or in childbearing years and, and just trying to keep our hormones in balance. We just do not want to become deficient in zinc because that messes with our hormones. Um, generally as an adult, we need about eight to 10 milligrams of zinc daily. So, um, you can take a supplement for that. It's pretty readily, um, absorbed. However, <laughs> the caveat to that is that, um, often we're not absorbing zinc very well these days because either we're not eating the right amount, the right foods, um, or we have dis digestive orders that are keeping disorders that are keeping us from absorbing it properly. So even if you're eating the right foods, if you're dealing with some of these digestive disorders, your, your digestive tract isn't even going to be able to, to, um, absorb the zinc and even get it into your bloodstream and, and use it the way we need to for all of our cells. So, um, we lose a lot of zinc through sweating as well. So um, if you work out a lot, if you're super active, you probably most likely need to supplement with some zinc. So there are some foods that are high in zinc that are really good for us, and those are mostly animal proteins. So, and you want high quality animal proteins like grass-fed beef and free-range um, animals, seafood, um, non-farmed seafood, um, and raw dairy products are high in zinc. So zinc can be found in grains and legumes as well. And I'm sure that you've seen them in processed foods on the grocery store shelves. We've seen like, you know, breads, packages of breads and cereals that is fortified with zinc. The problem with those things, even grains and legumes, is that they are typically just not absorbable um, because they're bound to anti-nutrients like phytates and that will prevent absorption. So a lot of times if you are um, vegan or vegetarian, you are going to be zinc deficient unless you are supplementing with zinc because the, if you're not eating animal products, which is where we find zinc and you're only eating plant products, you are not absorbing zinc very well because you're taking in that zinc with phytates that is, that's bound to the zinc and it will not allow um, your body will not absorb that with the phytates. So um, that's that's definitely something you definitely want to be supplementing zinc if you're vegan or vegetarian and you're not eating animal products. So, um, and I think that's a, a big reason why a lot of us are deficient even today is that we just consume so many carbohydrates and in the place of animal proteins. So I think that's definitely a contributing factor. Um, you know, we're told through the food pyramid to eat six to 11 servings of grains and the meat and the animal foods are so low on the 
on on the pyramid or the plate or whatever the USDA is recommending now that we are just not getting, you know, they're trying to fortify all of these foods and these packaged foods with these vitamins and minerals that we need. And it's just not the same thing. And our, our bodies just cannot absorb these forms that they're trying to give us. So a lot of people that have zinc deficiencies will see issues like hair loss, digestive problems, infertility, which we talked about, and hormone issues, and including really bad PMS symptoms. So if you're noticing like really bad PMS symptoms, you probably have an issue with zinc deficiency. Um, and it wouldn't hurt you to try and supplement with it and see if that helps you a little bit. So, um, also poor concentration and nerve dysfunction. So I have a little story about the nerve dysfunction because I actually dealt with that myself. And um, so I had a, I had these, this issue in my foot, like my toes, my toe area. I don't know how to describe it other than it was, I knew it was nerves. I knew it was this nerve thing, like something was wrong with my nerves and my foot around my toes and I couldn't figure out what was going on. And um, I started supplementing with zinc. And would you know that that issue that I was having went away? I mean, it would be like when I would step a certain way, the nerves would just go crazy in my foot. And um, anyway, zinc supplementation fixed that for me. So I definitely um, must have had a zinc deficiency, which not surprised. Um, but anyway, so what I take is the Thrive Market has a chelated zinc and it is actually paired with two milligrams of copper, which is really awesome because one of the issues that you have with taking zinc is if you take too much zinc, it can actually make you deficient in copper. <laughs> so it's everything is supposed to be in this really good balance, which is why these foods that we're supposed to be eating and the right nutrients, if we're eating the right things, then hopefully everything works together and we don't have these issues. But a lot of times, especially when we're coming into a new way of eating and a new lifestyle, we need to supplement to get our bodies on the right track. And hopefully the goal is you won't have to supplement forever, but just to supplement to get things up to where they should be. And zinc's one of those, because if you've moved into this way of eating, you're probably starting to eat much more animal, high quality animal products than you were before, potentially. And so your zinc levels are probably gonna come up to where they need to be at some point. So, but this is a, a really good one, is their chelated zinc. And it is a, I think it's a, yeah, it's a 15 milligram, um, 15 milligrams of zinc. And like I said, two milligrams of copper per serving. And this is a 50% um, zinc arginate and 50% zinc uh, glycinate. So it's a great mix. This is highly absorbable by our bodies. Um, super good supplement to take. And again, I will link to that one in the show notes. So the last thing I want to talk about is I said I would talk about this when we were um, talking about iron levels. So my, I know some of the podcasts I get it in and some I don't, and I know I'm not very um, consistent with that, and I'm sorry. Um, but one of the things I like to do is kind of give you guys a tip or talk about some little healthcare tip or biohack or whatever you want to call it. And today, what I want to talk to you about is iron levels and donating blood. 
and why donating blood is such a great idea. So I thought this was appropriate to talk about not only during this podcast, but also because of the natural disasters that our country is facing right now. We've got all these fires and and hurricanes and, you know, hit Texas and now um, hitting Florida as we speak. And um, you know, I've been saying a prayer for my family. I have family in Tampa and just touched base with them yesterday and um, literally the calm before the storm. But, um, you know, we've got all these things going on and all these disasters and people needing help and there's serious things happening. And, and donating blood is an amazing way that you can help in a time of need like this because when they do have people hurt and, and all these injuries and things happening, you know, we often do run low on uh, blood supplies in the in the areas, and especially um, s- certain blood types that they may need more of than others. But um, not only is it good for you to donate that way, but there's also a couple of of little known facts about donating blood that are very interesting. Um, one is that blood donors are 88% less likely to suffer heart attacks, according to the American Journal of Epidemiology, than non-blood donors. So I thought that was very interesting. 88% less likely to suffer a heart attack. So just by donating blood. In addition, um, donating blood can lower iron levels temporarily, which can be a good thing because chronically high levels of iron can actually damage the heart, the liver, um, blood vessels, and it can also lead to diabetes and arthritis having chronically high iron levels. Now, like I said earlier, most menstruating women don't have to worry about that. Um, Most of us that have like a normal menstruation period, um, we lose blood and naturally we deplete our iron levels. Like I said, a lot of us are actually need to um, potentially supplement with iron because a lot of us are actually iron deficient. So we, we don't need to worry about that as much, but it is really important thing for men to do because most men, there is no reason that they would have any significant amount of bloodshed that would temporarily bring their iron levels down and kind of, um, it just kind of, I don't, it's really not the right thing to say that it flushes out your system, but it's it's just good to get some of that blood out and let your body kind of replenish that and re, you know, replenish your blood supply and get some, you know, get some more iron going and, um, you know, it'll pull the iron from the foods that you're eating. And so it's, it's actually a really good thing for you to do, um, and helps you from having chronically high levels of iron in your blood. So if you're a man listening to this, Um, highly recommend you go donate some blood today. And they also will run through a series of tests, which is pretty, um, it's, you know, not that you want to stop going to see your doctor because you get these tests, but they will run through, um, you know, a series of tests for you that when you go, um, you'll know, like they do, um, like you'll, you'll learn about your blood pressure and your pulse and your hemoglobin levels and things like that. And then they, they'll check for, um, different infectious diseases like West Nile virus and some things like that. So you would know if you're positive, they'll notify you right away and then they, you know, won't take your blood. So that's, um, also kind of a little mini checkup you get. So that's kind of a good thing, but, um, definitely the, just kind of the bloodletting is a good thing. 
So um, if you're a man and you're listening, I would highly recommend you do that. If you're a woman and you're listening and you want to donate blood, that's great. I think you should do that as well. Um, it's always a good idea to know where your iron levels are, though, especially if you're a woman, because you don't necessarily want to be donating blood if you have um, issues with anemia, which um, a lot of women do suffer with anemia. So um, I am one of those that have I've battled anemia off and on. So uh, typically around my time of the month, I will dip, my iron levels dip pretty low and I can tell that now, just I know what the symptoms are in me and I definitely struggle with that. And then I'm usually okay um, later, but there was a period of time that I had to iron, you know, do iron supplements because I was just so low, I was just so anemic and throughout all of my pregnancies I was anemic. So, um, so if you're a woman, I think it would be beneficial to get tested and see where your iron levels are first and then go from there. So, okay. Um, I think that pretty much is it for today, guys. That wraps it up. I hope that you enjoyed this episode and got some more, um, information on some, uh, vitamins that you can take and different, um, supplements that might be good for you. And I don't think I actually talked about a vitamin D. I'm thinking, I'm looking at my notes now. Um, supplement, I've got mine sitting in front of me here. I take sports research. It's a high potency vitamin D3 with organic coconut oil. Um, it's 5,000 IUs. So that's the brand I take. And again, I will link that in the show notes. Um, I should have made a, a notation of that here in my notes, but I'll link that in the show notes so that you guys can see that one as well. And I also take a K2 um, with my vitamin D. And I know I didn't really get into that. I don't recommend that um, quite as often for clients. So I didn't really get into that today, but um, vitamin K2 goes really well with vitamin D3. I'm not going to get into that right now, but they are kind of like a, um, they're really, they're a really good combo. Uh, vitamins to take. So, okay. Um, I think that's about it for today. And I look forward to talking to you guys on the next, next podcast episode. I'm going to do some, um, listener questions and uh, that I've had come in. I'm going to do another episode of those and get some of those done for you guys. And again, if you want to reach out to me and get in contact with me, you can do so by emailing me directly at jessica at jessicatai.com. Again, that's jessica at jessicatai.com. You can visit my website at www.jessicatai.com. My Instagram handle is at that keto blonde. And I am on Facebook at um, Facebook, let's see, back, backslash Jessica Tai Nutrition. Can find me there. <clears throat> and then you can just follow me on that page and I will post updates and videos and little things here and there. So that's it for this episode, guys. I hope you enjoyed it and I hope you have a great week and I will catch up with you next week. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. This episode of Keto Lifestyle is brought to you by the How Did He Know app. How Did He Know is a revolutionary app that delivers daily, customized tips to help men become better husbands and partners and reap the rewards that come from happy, fulfilling relationships. For more information, visit their website at www.howdidhenow.com or download it from the App Store today for iTunes or Android. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Keto Lifestyle Podcast. We hope that you enjoyed what we share with you today and are looking forward to the next episode.